I cannot be the only person that is soothed to the soul by watching Chopped. It technically makes no sense, and for those of you living under a rock during its 52-season and counting tenure, Chopped is a Food Network show that follows a very simple format. Four chefs, three rounds, one mystery basket per round. First round is typically an appetizer, then an entree, then a dessert round. Rounds one and two are based on the last dish that you made, and round three, dessert, is cumulative. It's very fast-paced. Everyone fucks up at some point, and they throw gnarly shit in the mystery baskets like black licorice candy or like liver ice cream. And when you watch it, you say to yourself, oh my God, I never thought of that. That's so genius. But then you're also thinking to yourself, oh my God, I would have totally have done it better and I would have done something different. Um, And it's amazing. I love it. It's great. And I'm dying to be on the show in some capacity. My fantasy would be probably to compete and knock everyone's socks off. But then the more I think about that, I think I would fucking choke. So I would rather be a judge, which I think I'm very qualified. Given that I've watched all 52 seasons, I feel like I really have a good handle on it. And I've also worked in restaurants for forever. Everything from dive bars and greasy spoons to some of the most sought out restaurants in the entire country. I had regulars that I would see almost every day. I was asked out by patrons, which never really worked out so well. I slept with a couple of coworkers, also didn't go very well. I barely ate, but then I ate all the time. I was exhausted. I was drunk. I was hungover. I was sober. Then I wasn't. I was this. I was that. I made lifelong friends that uh, only really happened when trauma bonded by, uh, restaurant work. I've always had a tremendous respect for chefs, like really fallen in love with some chefs, as I'm sure some of you have. Like unlike actors who obviously I think we all have our crushes from, you know, time to time on, chefs for me, it's like they're geniuses. They're doing something. They're creating things. They're changing lives. They're so important? Is that nuts? I don't know. And I like nerd out for them. I also particularly nerd out for female chefs because I think they're such badasses. Tiffany Faison is wildly talented and we have been internet friends for like two years, I would say. She was runner up of Top Chef season one, winner of Top Chef Holiday, which hello, perfect person for our Thanksgiving episode to talk to. She's a restaurateur, um, and now she is a judge on Chopped. And I was thrilled to finally meet her, even if it was just over Zoom. I have watched all 52 seasons, every single episode, sometimes twice of Chopped. Seriously? Correct. <laughs> um, I yes. have my Seriously? My friend Natasha has been a, has been a guest judge. I have had multiple friends um, compete. What you yep. might not know about me is I really worked in the restaurant industry for many, many years. Thought I might go that route and then like didn't. I worked at Bix in San Francisco. I yep. worked uh, Danielle in New York in the catering. I worked Gary Danko. I work. I mean, I've also worked like you Reese's did Spoons. Oh, yeah. John yeah. and Vinny opened up Son of a Gun. You were there? Yeah, no, I'm like. No, like I was the front, I was the maitre d' at John and Vinny's or for John and Vinny catering group when they opened up fucking son of a gun restaurant on third and had like Gwyneth Paltrow's assistant 
Gwyneth Paltrow was always really lovely. But like screaming at me for reservations right. and like then I would go be a bartender on the weekends at private parties. I worked at the Evely during the craft cocktail phase. Like well, Tiffany, you, it, I'm still, one of you. But you not are one, one of you. Forever. And once you are, you're never not. You know that. Like you're well, never I think also when you've um, had the the amazing opportunity to have like some of the best staff meals of your life, but then also get like raging um, diarrhea or sickness when they decide to like let the young line cook like have a go. Uh, I think like I also famously told Chef Ludo to go fuck himself, which was like an amazing moment. Yeah, Tiffany, I'm I'm here. That's why I'm such a big fan of yours. You're very sweet. Ludo and I share an agent. So he's he's I've just recently kind of gotten to know him a little bit more. He's lovely. His wife is hot. Their house is super cool. Hancock Park. Like, we're all good. I think I really turned him on. You got to, like, treat male chefs mean to keep them keen. Yeah. It's the only language they understand. Truly. Like, it's crazy. Like, so, trying to get them to be nicer is just, like, it's crazy. Like, they think no, you're... No, it's just not worth it. You have to, like, use guilt. Don't you think? Guilt and shame. Well, you have to be their mother in some form. Or you either have to be, like, yelling at them. Like, it's a mommy syndrome. And I can't... I, anything I've ever tried to do with them besides ultimately ending up as their mother, either like coddling them or yelling at them, pointless, pointless. You were on the first season ever of Top Chef. How did you find out about the cat? Like, because reality, some, I actually talked about it in um, a recent episode with a lot of like reality TV fan favorites, some old school friends of mine that have been on a lot of things. And yeah. Back then, like reality wasn't what it is today. How did you no. even find out about it? It was like back when we were still kind of looking down on reality. Like, oh, like right. when is this going to go away? <laughs> like tequila, tequila vibes. Yeah. Yes. Tequila, tequila. And the whole world was like, you know, we're done with this reality thing. Like when is it going to go away? And, you know, the answer is obviously never. Economics dictated that from jump. You know, it's like Correct. you can do a show for like a quarter of the budget. So I found out about it. Um, how did I find out? I was working in Las Vegas at Danielle's restaurant. I was recruited to go out there. Um, I had worked in New York with him to train. And then I had gone out to the wind to open his restaurant. And they were sort of coming through because there was only Hell's Kitchen at that point. Oh, and um, yeah, so they were coming through the kitchens and sort of looking for people. And they, my chef was like her. He was like super French guy. He's like her. She has a big mouth. And I was like, oh, thank you, chef. My chef hated me. And so I interviewed with them. <laughs> Most chefs did. Uh, I did like a quick interview with them. I didn't really know what they were doing. Didn't expect to hear back from them. And I was in the middle of like prepping for service. Like I ran out to do an interview and like ran back in and I didn't know what they were doing. And they called and said, hey, this is like, talk to me further and said, this is who we are. It's what we're doing. Does it interest you? And I, I sort of like, I didn't know. It, it had some, I, like I was interested a little and then it was, they talked, they really kind of talked me through it and convinced me that it wasn't going to be Hell's Kitchen. And they talked, it was the same production company as Mag it was Magical Elves that does um, oh, yes. or Project Runway. And I was and just, the real L word. Yeah. And the real L word after this. Yes. Um, after. I don't know if yeah. But I was a huge Project Runway fan. So I thought, okay, all right, let's give this a shot and see how it goes. So they were like, it's all about the work. It's not going to be about the drama. Uh, That's a lie. Um, a was there anything? I mean, it's been so. And then you went on to do. I can't remember. Was it like kind of like champions? Didn't you do like another one? And you won. Yeah. I did you won two more, right? I did. Holiday. Top Chef Holiday. Wow. You are going back, Liz. 
Um, so season one, holiday season one, we did like a season one versus season two to like That's right. season three. And then I did holiday. Um, I did all stars and then top chef. What did they call it? Duels, where it was like one That's against the one. one. That's the one I'm thinking about is the yeah. duels. I did a bunch of stuff with them. And then and then I kind of stopped doing TV for a while and really focused on the like I also was I was a little not sour on it. I just had I kept not having great experiences and really kind of not enjoying myself. Um, was it like the not sleeping, the questions? Did you feel like the, it was the edits? Like I, I talked to a lot of folks and they're just like, fuck, my edit was like so bad. And you can sometimes feel it when it's happening. Was that the issue or is it just you were like exhausted from it? Um, I don't ever mind the exhaustion. I sort of live in exhaustion. So that's not going to be, enough. that's never something that like would turn me off. It was the environment of the show, I think wasn't as the com- camaraderie wasn't great still. Okay. So I didn't super love that. The edit was still t- tough, tougher than it should be. My edit from season one was horrendous. And part of it was me back then, but it was also like me plus really tough editing. It was all of it. And I just thought I didn't, I'd rather put a pin in this and just take a break. And I had really decided not to do anything anymore. And I was, uh, my wife at the time, I think was also a huge part of it, like talking me into the fact that well, she thought it was bad for me. Mm. Um, and I wasn't like enjoying it. So I was like, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe this is not the great, like not great for me. Maybe TV's not for me. Let's just leave it alone. And then the chop stuff started to happen and then it became great. So, yeah. I mean, okay, let's move to Chopped. <laughs> so, God, I, I mean, it's really an addictive, I mean, I've like paid for seasons I've already seen. Like it really, <laughs> we, need some- to a, we need to get you on set and do a chore. Okay. Well, um, would really love to do that. Um. <laughs> I am going to tease what we've decided the other day. My wife and I were a little stoned watching Chopped, you on Chopped. Actually, no, we were watching, we were rewatching Thanksgiving, which 2017, I've seen it. I don't love Chopped Kids. Uh, That's a whole nother conversation. Chopped Kids is, I've judged one and I was like, tap out. I don't think I can do this. I I don't don't like the kids. I really don't like the kids. It It scares me to watch them cook. Well, they're like, like I, hi, I'm David, and I'm five, and I've been cooking since I was two. I know. And you're like, shut up, David. Well, there's like, that kind of it that's like, you know, it's like parents pushing them. Like, they like we're, are interested like a little, and the parents are probably like shoving them towards this. But for me, sitting there watching it, like, one, I have to remind myself to be like the most appropriate version of myself, which I'm not Fair. great. And then I just, my entire body is so tense because I literally don't want them to physically hurt themselves. And Which just, somebody always chops off a finger, you know? Always. So I'm like, oh, these little baby fingers. Like, hmm. So we've decided that I, my dream is to be on Chopped. Um, my friend Natasha Case, who owns or started Cool House Ice Cream with her wife, Freya. I'm sure you guys know each other. Oh, of them. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we got to, that has to change. Yes. Let's change um, They know the obsession is real. So Rachel has decided, that's my wife, that we are going to host a chop. She's going to do a chopped for me, but I'm only competing against myself, um, which is insane. (laughs) No, you need to compete against someone. You have to. I'm very, well, because I've watched the amateurs and I'm like, okay, because it's all strategy. So what advice would you give if it was a like home cook amateur chopped? Like what is like the top three advice, you know? Like, what, what's the top three for advice that you would give someone going on Chopped? 
Um, I would say round one, don't overdo it. Just yeah. get and keep it simple. Keep it simple and make sure everything's seasoned properly and cooked properly. Like don't do too many things. Just keep it simple. That first round is 20 minutes and it's your nerves working against you. It's trying to get your feet underneath you. Even me and I, you know, live in the chop kitchen. And even when I compete, that 20 minutes flies It's really, really fast. So um, just making sure that you do like you, you perform well enough to get to the second round. But one of the things I think people forget is that the end score, the winner is cumulative. So they play a lot of just get to the second round. And it's like, when we go towards like, you know, the last round or the winner, it's because every round is just the last round until we get to the winner and then it's cumulative. So we go through every dish and we sit there. They're not there. You guys see like, I don't know, 30 seconds of edit of it, but we talk it out. Like these are people that really care about what they're doing. We take it seriously and we make it's sure $10, that- $10,000 that they have to give to their sick mom. It's $10,000. <laughs> That they have to take their wife on the European vacation they've never been on so that they can bring those recipes back to the kitchen. So keep it simple first round. First round, keep it simple. Second round. Second round, hit the the meat. Make sure the meat is cooked. Know that the meat is going to be a trick. Okay. We never, ever give you easy meat. Like, no, we're never going to be like, here's a chicken thigh. Enjoy yourself. Mm. Ever. Like, if we give you a great piece of meat, like, so we give you like a long bone ribeye. We've given you 30 minutes to cook something that's like three pounds. You can't cook the whole thing in 30 minutes. Like there's just no, there's no gifts, right? Like not, mm-hmm. not the proteins are never going to be a gift, but I would say for that, do not, this is, these are just like things I'm sick of. Don't use apples. Don't use orange zest. And please don't use truffle oil. <laughs> like oh they just God. go back and garnish with things. And I'm like, Oh God, like there's so there's herbs in there. There's beautiful herbs and you can use herb stems and plushes and, Make something really lovely, like stop using the, the latest thing really is orange zest on everything. And I just feel like I want to throw up all the time mm, um, and it, it, their dish will be brilliant. And then they just think they have to finish it with something and they'll run back to the pantry with 15 seconds left. Like, um, so don't don't overdo it on this. Unnecess- don't do unnecessary garnishes at all. Just leave it alone. What else would I say? So don't try and do too much for round one. Don't fall into the trap of unnecessary garnishes. Round two. Not that the third thing has to be round three, but don't let your dessert just be components. It has to be an actual dessert. Like it, it's always it kills me. Yeah. Yeah. And I know these I are like. I don't want to on, motherfucker. With just no- like eat with nothing. With nothing. Just like, what am I eating this with? What is this? Like, and you could also, have turned. Who wants a creme anglaise? Just by I itself. Make it. It's an ice cream. It's a melted ice cream. Just finish it. Just finish it. Yeah. So, and stop using the anti-griddle. Don't do it. There's no need. Oh. That thing is going to sink you every last time. Like, ooh. Okay. People are making like a lot of like what granitas all over the town. Uh, granitas, we've done, we've seen some attempts at rolled ice cream. Like, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no. High no. rolled ice cream. That never works. People just don't know what they're doing. And there's not, they're, they don't exist in real life. Even in like professional kitchens, like, we don't have anti griddles. Like, why would I waste my money on buying that shit? I would never. So there's no rep. So people don't know what they're doing. So don't use a you've never used. I mean, that's very good advice. I'm going to take that into my battle against myself. When the um, ice cream shows up in your home kitchen, don't use it, Liz. Leave it alone. Well, I have an ice cream machine, but I don't have the ice cream machine that's in the chopped kitchen. And so we were actually talking about 
how to stock the kitchen appropriately so that I can actually play to win. Hold on. Is this happening, happening? And like, you no, really- no, we're doing it. Are you coming to LA? I already have my judges aligned. I have a Michelin star mixologist by the name of Drew Martin, who's the best. He has a cannabis line called Drew Martin and a uh, gorgeous chocolate brand with men- this woman named Manuela who used to work for um, Thomas Keller. She is also another queer woman going to be a guest judge. I might have Natasha since she's been a guest judge on Chopped. And okay. basically, I'm going to just like go against myself. Wow. I'm here for it. Um, I am going to be in L.A. soon. I leave yes. It. Oh, my God. Come <laughs> over. <laughs> it's yes. going to be pretty pathetic. I mean, I here's it. the thing. I don't have a sous vide machine. Again, I'm such a nerd. Like, I could really. <laughs> for you. <sighs> well, so, you Jamie, vac- a vacuum sealer? Okay. Easy. Yeah, just get like a little. You don't have to get crazy with the sous vide stuff. Just get a vacuum sealer. And you buy one, you'll use it all the time. I promise. Okay. You. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you really infuse things. So. Do you know Jamie Lauren? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Jamie and Lauren and I, we were friends. We shared a very awkward kiss. Didn't really talk after that. Jamie, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it could have been us, but it wasn't. I really, I, I will say it here because whatever, I'm married now. I really like went after Jamie Lauren incredibly really? hard. Oh yeah. Crazy town. I, I, she was dating somebody else. Um, fucking Keener from the L word and what Elizabeth Keener forever. Yeah, yep. and I would flirt with her. Heart. The really funny part about this, Tiffany, that you'll love from a fun lesbian historian perspective, is that Elizabeth Keener ended up hitting on my wife like later, and it was a big joke that I'm like that fucking Elizabeth Keener. That's hysterical. anyway. You yeah, could, I went after you Jamie Lauren for hard. like a moment and just called it good. You could have done a, a full swap for just a second. Yeah, well, yeah, fair. Um, Yeah, Jamie, Lauren, so sorry. We don't really talk anymore. We kind of do on Instagram, but not really. But there was a time when she was the chef that was stocking the kitchens for, I think it was Master Chef. She was a production, she worked production for both um, elves and then also I think Master Chef after elves. Yes, yes. So she and I, so. The job. She did it, Leanne did it. Like, I don't know how they do it. I don't. It's a crazy job, but yep. I'll never forget. It was one after she like texted me one afternoon. She's like, hey, I have lobster claws, like <laughs> fucking like mascarpone, like all this extra shit from the kitchen. And so really another question is, is what you, you mentioned fresh herbs before. Mm-hmm. What do you really need in the just standard? Like this- you obviously need heavy cream. Like what are a couple of maybe things you wouldn't think about that I need to stock my kitchen with when I go into my. It's a good question. Um, so basic dairy stuff, obviously. And like some yep. basic cheeses, the cheeses never get crazy unless there's like a, unless it's like a Mexican challenge or something specific. Um, stocks, chicken stock, beef stock, a little demi gloss, a seafood stock, a veg stock. So all of those. Got it. Basic herbs. So like your basic soft herbs, chives, parsley, you want tarragon, rosemary, sage, thyme, that will kind of do cilantro um, and that'll kind of do you. I think some meat stuff, uh, chorizo is always in the kitchen, bacon, oh. pancetta. So some like, you know, impactful meat options are helpful. Um, always meats that will never be the star of the show, but can be supporting players. Yeah. What else? Uh, and the same thing is is kind of thought about for vegetables and stuff. So like onions, celery, carrots, potatoes, um, but you're never going to get like an artichoke, right? There's tomatoes, you're never going to get like tomatillos. You're never going to get never any pineapples. Well, 
I think we took them out of the kitchen for a while because they were like killing every dish. Yeah. From time to time, if like people are just doing the same dumb shit with the same thing for a while, we'll pull it where it just stops happening. Cause it's almost like it happens. We air it. We talk about it. We talk about why someone went home because of it. And then someone either like has a moment where they're like, I can do it better and try and do it better. Always. Or they're just watching at home and it sinks in. It's like, we never, ever tell them to say, chef today I have made for you. And it's like, everyone says the same thing. It's I, we've never said, told them to say that as far really? as I know, it's like six years I've been doing it. Yeah. Not like I thought that was like they had to as a sign of respect. No, they could just say like, and it happens where like, you know, not everyone says the same thing, 99%, but someone will be like, I made blah, blah, blah. Hey guys, good to see you. I made blah, blah, blah. We don't feel disrespected. Today anymore. I have made. Okay. Here, speaking of, does everybody shake your hand when they leave? Because sometimes they edit people where they look really fucking pissed and they just walk out. And I hate that. I hate when they do that. I like it when they go and like shake hands and say, thank you. Does everybody do that? Uh, no, some people leave pissed. It doesn't happen often. And here's what's weird. is like, you'll have someone that's like really engaging and kind and super nice and they're with you and like joking and playing along until they lose. And they're like, and they like, don't want to look at you. They don't say anything. And they'll just leave. It's like, don't they know I, how small the industry is? Uh, I don't, you know, I don't think it matters at that point. Like it's very, I think there's times it's crushing to people and they have that moment where they like well up in tears. My heart breaks into a thousand pieces. Like all I want to do is like bring them in and like hold them and tell them it's fine. And we do, there's a lot of that where like, you guys will never see it, but we'll talk them through like, this is a game. And like, this doesn't, this is not the end of your career. Oh my God. Yeah. But Tiffany, they need the $10,000 to go to Europe <laughs> to like for the honeymoon they never took. The or to like, the, the minute we tell them they have to go home, you can just hear their grandmother flatlining. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> um, so, but um, we didn't shake hands for a long time because of COVID. Oh, right. For a long time. So now we're actually um, our AD, Sean, who's the greatest, who also is the AD on um, Queer Eye. Um, oh. we'll say you guys want to shake it. Like we, if you'd like, you can shake hands with the chefs and now they do. Um, but they sort of, it's been a minute. It's been so long that they have to kind of, we have to have a moment where we ask them if they'd like to. So interesting. Now, obviously you were a competitor for so long. You had a panel of judges, Tom Colicchio, <laughs> yeah. Padma. Yeah. From time to time. Who else? I mean, all the, you know, Gail, who, by the way, sitting in a uh, nail salon many years ago, and as somebody looked at me and was like, you sound exactly like Gail Simmons. And I was like, I take that as a compliment. And now one of my mentors is Gail's best friend. Still haven't met Gail. Dying really? Gail. Yeah. Can I tell you Gail is lovely? I've heard it. She's a gem of a human. I, I can't say that about everyone that I come in contact with, but um, Gail is a jewel box of a human. I'm on a text thread with Nilu. Haven't yeah. met Nilu yet. Oh I my God. Nilu and I are like sisters now. So we spent a couple, we just did, she was um, on Chopped a couple of weeks ago and we were like, Nilu, you're going to hear this. I love you. I miss you. Um, I love her to pieces. Yeah. We had been in like concentric circles. She judged me before, but we'd never spent any time together. And it was like instant click. It was great. She's my great. old boss, Susan Nachi, who was at Vanity Fair forever. And now I'm over there. She's like best friends with Nilu and Gail. And I'm like, Susan, can you just make my fucking dreams happen? And like, let's have a hangout, please. Um, and you'll love them both. Like, and I Nilu bet. and Gail both have this like kindness, like nice, like just sweetness to them that they're both, and they're both sharp as shit. Like both know so much about food. So yeah. you can kind of hang out on the surface. And if you want to dive in with them, they can do it. It's fun. 
Oh, God, love that. Well, so you've been judged. Now you are judging so much. You even have like multiple shows. <laughs> Who's the best person you've sat on a, or who do you like love sitting on a judge panel with? Um, it doesn't have to be one person because you judge so much and it's rotating. If you need yeah. a few for political reasons, I'll let you have it. Um, thank you. Thanks for the, mm -hmm. the politics. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> not coming to my demise. Minnie always, she and I are super close, like we're tight. Um, Scott Conant, I really, so I got on top by them like reaching out to like compete on the grill tournament. And I was like, I don't, I just said no for like two or three years. And it was like, no, 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 no. And then eventually my, my publicist was like, look, they have some like monster chefs competing. Cause I had said no to TV. I was like done. And my publicist reached out and said, look, they've had a couple seasons of like, this is when they were out like competing on actual grills and like the Queens County Farm Museum. Like it was awesome. Oh, I watched, I watched all those. Yeah. He's like, the tournament does really well. I think you should do it. It's a huge pot. It'll just be like really good for you. And I finally said yes. And they did like a Skype audition with them, which they do with everyone. Skype before Zoom children. It was a little website before Zoom happened. Um, <laughs> and then um, and they called back and they were like, no, thanks. Stop. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I just thought, what the fuck just happened? Like, they've been asking me to do this for like two, three years. And I finally said yes. I was also I couldn't I didn't understand why I had to do like a audition. And then you're like, I was runner up season one, top chef. I won top chef holiday hose. What? It was so weird. Um, and then they called back two weeks later and they said, Hey, we'd like you to come judge. And I was like, okay, like be a guest judge. So I went on, this is the, like getting to my favorite people to sit with. We were out at the Queens County farm museum. My first chops ever. I'd never competed or been on the show at all. And it was like a 4am call time. And then at like, I don't know, six 30 in the morning, Income Scott Conant and like this giant, you know, like this hair, giant Sherpa, like suede Sherpa thing is like, you know, Buddhist beads hanging in like some kind of UGG situation. <laughs> I was like, not going to go well for me. Like, this is not my kind of human. This is just not going to go well. When I tell you, I love that fucking guy more than almost anyone in my life. Like he and I, we'd never stop laughing. We see eye to eye on almost everything. We are, we're gross together. We talk about really gross shit together. We just never stop laughing. And I like it, we, it's like constant miss you, Texas, like, and like jokes back and forth. Like we talk So you constantly. also hate red onions. I don't. And I think it's bullshit. <laughs> That's, I fucking love onions. I want onions on everything. So, and yeah, it's a, it's a, I was like, you got to give it up for the red onions. Now it's just become like a thing, but. Yeah, I don't like red onions myself. It has to really make sense in the dish. What is you it? What like, about red onions you guys hate? Come on. I just don't think I like, I, I like a yellow, I mean, I'll, a sweet yellow Vidalia. I mean, I'm is down. Pungent? Pungent. Okay. What if it's like soaked in ice water, like a little vinegar? Is it better? Oh, yeah. No. Now, are we talking about pickling? Because that's a whole, I mean, I love a pickled like onion. Taking some of like the punch out of them. Just like if you soak them quickly in ice water and then pull them out, you'll take some of that like sulfuric quality out of them and also cut them thin. Like I hate even I love red onions and I don't want to cut like super thin. Mandolin, folks. Okay. So Scott Cohen's your number one. Is that it? Scott Manit, Um, Chris and I are really tight. Um, I love Amanda, obviously. Cliff Crooks is on every once in a while, and I mm. adore him. He was on season two of Top Chef. Um, yeah, those are my top picks, I think. Love Ted Allen. Come on. Yeah. Oh, Ted's the best. Teddy is the best. He has a really hard job. Hard job. 
Like, it seems like it's cake. Bless his heart. I do laugh when people are like, uh, you know, it's he always has to be like, so, um, Liz, what are you competing for today? And Liz goes, <laughs> well, um, I have stage five cancer. Oh, we didn't know stage five exists. Oh, yes. And I'm like, my lung is bleeding as we speak. And he has to be like, well, that's very admirable for you to uh, be uh, here today. With I mean, that's like so tough to like also do it earnestly. Could you imagine? Yeah. And he does feel it. He is really the most earnest person. And he like gets very touched and very moved by it, as we all do. But he's so engaged and like really like checked in. We all know that eating whole natural foods is the best way for us to feel good. Sadly, fiber can increase bloating. Not getting enough sleep can affect digestion. And well, late night pizza and wine doesn't help, right? I've tried a million products that claim to help with gut health, but I'm loving plant-wise probiotics. It contains an all-in-one formula, so it's pre, pro, and postbiotics, all in one single capsule. They are honestly the best I've ever tried. PlantWise has more active cultures than most of their competitors. It costs less, which is awesome because I find it way more effective than any, quote, premium brand that's out there. Since I've been taking them, I just feel like lighter and brighter, which is great because I haven't really been feeling that way the last couple of years. <laughs> If you want to heal from the inside out, try the PlantWise Pre, Pro, and Postbiotic at GetPlantWise.com. You can even use my code Listen to Liz twenty for twenty percent off. Since you have started on reality TV, it's mm -hmm. obviously changed as we discussed. You've kind of gone on and off again. Television, Food Network is like a beast in and of itself. The mm -hmm. top chef, like, I mean, they have like a fucking line at Walmart. I mean, it's like gotten so out of control. Yep. But I feel like not only female chef representation has grown so much. I mean, I mean, really, truly has. But I think like when you think of chefs, or at least I did growing up, it was always this like old mean French man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in your mind, right? Like even the the movie The Menu just came out, right? It's always like an old mean French man. I've also been super screamed at by chefs in my life. I've never actually had the pleasure to work for a female chef, which kind of blows because <gasps> I know. So have you seen more women enter the field and do you think that having people such as yourself on TV as a representative of that have helped and increased that? Yeah, I think this is complicated, right? Like I always think representation matters for sure. Um, I was the first out queer chef on, on Top Chef. It was just me. Like Dave wasn't out. It was, yeah, it was weird. Um, and they picked my orientation for me. They did not ask me. No. Yeah, they, so they listed me as bisexual either way. So um, wait, hold on. Pause, though, because that's yeah. actually so I interviewed and you might have heard it on scissoring, but we interviewed Norm from the real world, New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he was the out first out queer yep. person ever on reality TV. And they picked his orientation as bisexual, too. Yep. But did you in the pre-interview, like on Skype <laughs> or whatever it was, tell them that you were a lesbian or did you say anything? I told them that I was queer. They never asked. Huh. Got it. And I had talked about dating guys like uh, just well, we all do that. Exactly. Until uh, we get wise. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Until we figure shit out. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, into our life of torture with women. Um, Correct. So there's yes, there have been more women, I think, entering the field. It's not the entering the field that concerns me because like culinary schools are like 55 percent women. OK. 
it's the attrition. Like, what, as, what do you think that is? I think it's life. I think it's like what you want in your, it's a very fucking hard life. Like it's I don't have kids. I'm divorced. Crazy. There's it, you know, and I don't think this took didn't take my marriage from me. My wife, ex-wife did that, but like it was, it's hard. Like you have to, I don't think I could do this with kids. And the women that I know that have kids, like have a lot of them have a lot of help or else they have family or they have hired help or whatever. It doesn't pay a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, until maybe it does one day for you. So the ability to get help is hard. At some point, the years that you would spend like having a kid are years you really are developing your career as a chef, um, your 30s, essentially. You know, you're yeah. working for your companies all the way up, but like that really, that's prime time in terms of like building your name and opening a restaurant and um, develop, like understanding who you are as a chef. So it's, and it doesn't lend itself to having kids, doesn't lend itself to relationships. And I see this with men and women. It's not just specifically women, but women are socialized to like give up their careers first. I see it all the time where people like that work with me start dating someone and it gets serious and they quit because they're like, you know, they work nine to five. I never see the world bend the other way, right? Like it never happens that someone starts dating a chef and all of a sudden they decide to quit their dumb day job and like make their lives easier for the chef. It never happens that way. So I think it's, it's especially not for female chefs. I think if they're also in a heteronormative relationship. Correct. And if they're in a lesbian relationship, then obviously they quit in two seconds and like end up working next to them all day. Just kidding. And then they break up because they're both like chefs and they now work together in a restaurant and they've opened up their restaurant in Tucson and (laughs) woo (laughs) (laughs) or whatever it is. Yes. I'm not wrong though. They're like, ooh, two ladies and a, I mean, my friends did it. Like my friends, you know, Erica and my Jocelyn, like, you know, do you know Erica and Jocelyn? I do know Erica and Jocelyn. Of course. I mean, they're really, really close friends and they have two beautiful children and they've tried, they have to have like their own thing, you know? I have not met the second kid, but I'm obsessed. Nina, I've been obsessed with Nina for years. Yeah, Nina is a number one stunner, but so is Huey. I haven't met Huey yet, but if I can have a kid like Nina, I would actually think about it. So she's a little sweetie baby angel. But it's just Um, tough and it doesn't, it's an inhospitable environment and you kind of have to give a lot up to it and it's unforgiving we know all those things but yeah i do think it has a lot to do with like and it's physically arduous like really hard on your body it's terrible on your body yeah so all those things combined i think at some point you either have to make it your life and succeed and own your own thing or get out and for the you know for a lot of the women that i've met that like end up being in relationships and not just women but like like hetero relationships as well they end up owning restaurants together kind of the only way to spend time together yeah no other way like you have to kind of run the business together or have someone that works a similar schedule or has a similar lifestyle but it's very hard to like make a relationship work where someone's like working a normal job and you're in restaurants it's nearly impossible things that always crush me especially having you know worked at a restaurant for so long never having fucking health care and it's not the fault of the restaurant it's just like how it was when I did it like I never could take a sick day you have to get someone to cover you I mean my last restaurant no that's not true I bartended at Wooden Vine he gave me pickup shifts okay well I I mean I'm let's not even get into the sexual harassment (laughs) (laughs) which by the way like hello i mean i died i saw i got contacted a few years ago by a couple of old you know craft bartenders that i worked with Mm -hmm. and this woman reached out to me like oh hey like did you ever experience sexual harassment like we're all banding together 
I my last like true job, it was it got to the point where it was so bad. I mean, I would go to management. I'm like, dude, my boss is like, this is crazy. And they're like, sorry, like, you know, you just got to figure it out. I was a bar back at at this at this time and we would have to make these syrups and I mean girl I like did that whole awful like nobody wants a fucking shrub yeah. god damn it <laughs> like you know like you motherfucker yeah. like I was in your cocktail yeah they're actually very good but very I was good. making like insane infusions and all this other bullshittery yeah. and as a punishment because I basically like wouldn't I didn't accept his advances I worked the back bar shift until like three in the morning. I would shut down the bar and then I would have to wake up at six in the morning to come in and do fresh juices, all like all of the garnishes. All, dead ass. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised, but also this was fairly recent. Like how long ago? No, 10 years ago. And then the worst, no, eight years ago, eight, nine years ago, 10 years ago. And the worst part. Not 20 years ago. No, not 20 years ago, but. The worst part is I'll never forget, I would have to take the racks of clean dishes and it was upstairs, downstairs, this restaurant in Hollywood. And I was walking through the restaurant and I'm holding about, I don't know, 75, oh, all the kegs. And I was just so miserable. And a, a diner, like this guy looked at me, he's like, can I help you? And my old boss looked across the bar and was like, don't you help her. And he wouldn't let anybody in the restaurant, any of the bussers, anybody help me ever. By the way, my body looked tight because I was very hungry, very poor, (laughs) eating cookie dough out of the walk-in. Yes, I ate all that humble fog cheese. I don't give a fuck. I would eat (laughs) French fries that weren't eaten. Like, all that shit. It was what it was. For real. Yep. You know, I don't care. Like, whatever. I didn't die from it. But, like, the harassment especially and then in the kitchen that I would see uh, even with the like the queer women would kind of pass in the sense because they'd be like fuck it I'm just gonna like talk shit about women too just to kind of like be in that environment yeah the you're right the a lot of the straight women or whether they were physically more demure or shorter they would just get fucking it's just it's so rough and it's I don't think people realize when they go into a restaurant like the pressure. I think the show The Bear kind of helped some people. Did you watch that? I did. I, I were you I, triggered the whole time? I wouldn't. You know, OK, this is how this is how fucked it is. I thought The Bear was so mild. I know. Actually, you know, what's really funny is I agree. And we at for work did a party like with them and whatever. Yeah. And there I was, a couple of Negro- Negroni, not Spagliato, just Negronis. Um, <laughs> if it wasn't like one o'clock in the afternoon, I would have been like, Tiffany, let's have ne- Negroni Spagliato, um, which is, by the way, like it's a fucking after all spritz. Like 445. So, oh, yeah. sorry. Shit. <laughs> um, but I, I talked to a lot of the cast members. Mm-hmm. And I was like, to be honest with you, it's pretty accurate. Like the ticket scene for me was like, (gasps) like I, that. Yep. I've been on the like, I don't know how the fuck we're going to get through this end of that. Where the tickets are printing out you, you know, you don't have enough food or you're going to run out of stuff. But even if you have enough food, the like, I mean, it's also one of the greatest lessons that I've ever learned. Like the only way through that end of ticket, like the only way on the other side of that, that run of tickets is through. And you really learn what you're made of. Like, cause you can either. There's no way of getting around it in a restaurant. Like I've seen people walk out in situations like that, but like truly it's walk out like patrons or walk out like people in the kitchen, people in the kitchen. Yeah. They just like shit their pants and they can't, they can't hang. 
but I will say you learn who the people are to the left and the right of you that will always have your back. And it's also, it's as hard as, as hard as those moments are, it's an incredible like teaching moment about like, here's how you organize. All right, let's get them all together. Let's group them. This is how we organize. This is how we get through it. Like, and then the ability to get through hard things. I know this sounds really cliched and like a little bit of like Glennon Doyle right now, but like it's, I know, but like you do learn that you can get through really hard shit by going through really hard shit. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, yeah, it's tough. And that was really triggering that like, I was, I was like sweating, like watching it. I was, and I'm not a sweater. And I was just like, like my face got red. I could feel like, you know, the like red climbing up my neck. And I was a hundred percent. I was starting to be like, uh, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, or like when people are just like screaming at you. I mean, that's why everybody shits the bed in restaurant wars. Yeah. It's always the fucking tickets. Yeah. And it's always the dumbass chef who's like kind of just like getting through the season, like really cool, like doesn't really doesn't like win anything, but doesn't lose anything. And they always put him at the front of the house. Yeah. And he always fucks shit up. Yep. No, it's true. It's 100 percent true. It's totally true. Um, I will say, I will say this about the bear. I was glad that they didn't lean on his relationship with his sous chef in any sort of sexual way. They also didn't lean on him being an alcoholic. So I think there were a couple of things that they really, I, they showed restraint on that I've seen be cliches over and over and everything that's ever presented about chefs and restaurants and to have him be codependent and to like be dealing with his grief in that way, I thought was really brilliant. Because the addiction and the and the need for that thing, whatever it is, is still there, but it wasn't booze. And then to not have him hitting on her or them having any sort of like a romantic relationship, I thought was a true breath of fresh air for this. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, it was funny. I always look back on my godfather, who was the best. He asked me at one point, because I was like complaining about, I think I was working at Son of a Gun and I was working at the Evely, which is the really gnarly place that I had Barbacked and bartended at, and I don't give a shit if I talk shit about them on air. You guys suck. It's a disgusting yeah. restaurant, and they got a D rating, and they hit it, and I don't care. So, um, get them, so get them, go those motherfuckers. Expose. I have no patience for like people that are like abusive and all no. that shit. Like, call them out. I don't care. Like when people are like, I'm afraid of this. I'm like, we had a, a the critic here that was when the Me Too movement was like actually happening, and there's abusers in Boston, but no one's ever been called out. Like it's, and so then there's. And I think really women fall into this trap where like critics or writers or whatever, they had developed little chef crushes on like the straight dudes. And they like, oh you know, God, always. Like, this person, I love this person. It's like, if you think that that's not that person, it's exactly that person. And I remember they started calling around the food critic for the, the globe, started calling people and being like, would you share your stories with me? So you're asking a lot from us to share stories. And then, you know, some people openly shared. And I was talking to a friend of mine that spoke really openly and the response of the person trying to write, thinking about writing the story was like, well, if I'm to listen to everyone and believe them, every male chef in the city is an abuser. Well, your clearly, clearly, friend, you've never worked <laughs> in a fucking restaurant. Um, yeah. But I remember telling him like my back, my I was like, my back feels broken. My feet throb so bad. It's insane. These CAA like agent assistants are screaming at me because those first couple of months at Son of a Gun were like, I mean, you know, it's like yeah. it was out of control. And that restaurant was so small in the way we had it. We had a communal table, which was just so dumb and so insane. And anyway, but what people, the addiction for me and what I loved and what I do really miss, and I think that's why 
I host so many dinner parties. Like I love hosting dinner yep. parties. I love the performance of restaurants. It's yep. like you all come together. You have family meal. You're like, cool. We're all about to go to war tonight. Yep. Like let's all we're hold hands. Yes. <laughs> we're yeah. all like friends. And then you go legit just fucking pounding, pound, you know, the people get engaged. I've definitely destroyed a couple of engagements at Bix by mistake, which was horrible. Like, really fuck that shit up. I need to know. Oh, yeah. No, I like, we had table 37 and, you know, oh, God. I said to this one couple, I was like, oh, my God, congratulations. But I didn't read in the notes correctly. And that's one of those old school restaurants like Gary Danko where I had a book of notes like this open table of course had like you can have like you know notes on people but it was so old school yeah that i would know everybody's birthday and everybody um (laughs) i destroyed i mean they called for me to be fired kenny loggins came in with two prostitutes or excuse me rather sex workers um that worked at the yeah like you know when to hold them and fold them uh he sat on table 37 and at the end of the night um because Bix restaurant is right off Wait, of Kenny Rogers or Kenny Loggins. Sorry. Kenny Rogers. Who's the old guy? Well, Kenny Rogers died right before the pandemic, so he knew when to fold him. But Kenny That's Loggins. the guy. Okay. Kenny Rogers then. Yeah, the okay. old white guy who looks yeah, I- like Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, not Kenny yeah, Loggins. Yeah. No, this shows how much I know about country music. <laughs> we were right by the Hustler Club and all the strip clubs right there. And he yeah. came in with two dancers or whatever. And um we found underwear on the ground. That was a good one. That was a solid one. Anyway, but my uncle asked me, he's like, what is it about this? I'm like, it's such a performance. It's like theater. You all come together. You go nuts. You have all this drama. The tickets go crazy. Somebody fucks something up. Somebody just had the best meal of their life. And then it's over and you're cleaning up and you have your after shift drink and you're 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 physically like cross-eyed and then you do it all over again the next day. It's yeah. beautiful. It's addictive. It's very much like live Broadway, right? Like Correct. it's like everything goes, you can't even if you fuck up, you have to hold each other up in the moment. Like you can't let one person go down or else the entire team goes down, the entire like cast theater whatever you want to call it goes down. You have to hold each other together even when you're ready to kill that person. Like you still have to hold it all together as a team. And there is a like and there's nothing I don't know if I've ever worked an entirely perfect service, like front and back of the house. No. Maybe, maybe a couple, but there's nothing like you get close to a perfect service or like a really satisfying night. I worked front of the house at Tao in Las Vegas and we, like, right after <laughs> oh Top God. Yeah. Well, I just needed to make money because I like, they don't pay you. And I was like, yep. dollars. And we would have nights where they would just say, guys, like our first turn has to be like our first turn has to be no mistakes because we are so overbooked. Like, because we would be like three and a half solid turns in a 1200, like, seat restaurant and it was just like everyone had to be on their game we had a few of those nights where it was just like if one thing happens it's going to be dominoes and it's going to be fucking mayhem so everyone listening everyone listening if you're going to be late for a (laughs) reservation and it was a hard reservation to secure and you're either sitting at six eight well no really it's like six eight or like nine please just call the restaurant and tell them you're running late just tell them Tell us, communicate with us. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Yeah. Our night depends on you actually showing up at the time that you said you would be there. So um, do you have anything like exciting? I when you and I first started talking that you were coming on the show, I was like, does anybody have any questions for Tiffany? A lot of it was if you were single, by the way. So <laughs> get it, girl. Thanks. Friends. Um, Get it. But a lot of people wanted to know about restaurants for you. 
and yeah. like what's coming up, what's happening now. Like, give me the full deal. Sure. Um, so all of mine are still in Boston. I have six, five are open, and I just turned uh, Tiger Mama. Oh, turns into Tenderonies next week. So it's this like it's it, it's wild. Like I can't. I'll send you pictures of the inside. It, we're almost like construction finishes this week. I came in. It's today is Monday, and I came in. And I was like, guys, it's finished up and get the fuck out. We ready? Like, I'll, like <laughs> still there. You have to start pushing them out, or else they'll just kind of hang out. And your bills stack up, whatever. Um, so it's like, it looks like a drag queen's closet. It, there's three disco balls, just two bars. There are, there's literally like a roller skate, like wallpaper graphic. There's snakeskin walls with like some wood paneling. It's wild. It is like, it's, there's just not, I posted on my Instagram today, like a little, um, like sequin thing that's going outside, like the red sequins that like shimmer in the wind. It is, it's wild. Like, it's just like, I've never, I'm usually... I like restaurants that are fun and have some things going on in them. I'm not like a minimalist kind of person, but this is like. Maximalist. Yeah. Maximalist. Yeah. It's like a gay Chuck E. Cheese without the. (laughs) Without the really scary rat that eats pizza. Yes. (laughs) Like what? Wait, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So that opens. um, Today is the 14th. We'll have our opening party on Sunday, the 20th. And then we kind of softly open. The week after. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right in time for Thanksgiving. What's your, what's your, or do you cook Thanksgiving? We do this thing. It never talked about this publicly. Uh, we do a Wednesday before Thanksgiving at my at restaurant, Sweet Cheeks. We do what's called Cheeks Giving. Um, we've done this for years where we have a halfway house in people that are, um, have just come out of, out of prison. There's addiction issues. Um, and we have them and we cook Thanksgiving dinner for them. And it's like the most incredible meeting like of gratitude that you've ever had in your life. So they come in, we take them. Yep. We close that night and then we have all, we sit down and have Thanksgiving together. So I do it on Wednesday. And then Thursday, are you in the restaurants? I'm sleeping. Yeah. We uh, we close. I, for me, non-negotiable Thanksgiving day, Christmas Eve, Christmas day, I close the restaurants. There's not enough money in the world. It's not you. Wow. You're a real G because let me tell you, I have worked Christmas day. I have worked Christmas Eve. I've worked New Year's Day, New Year, I mean, the yeah. amount of New Year's Eve. Yeah. I've never worked on a Thanksgiving, actually, in a restaurant. But at yeah. home, but Bix and Gary Danko were big, like, families that don't cook. They, that's a big night, Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, good, good night for tips. Just and it's great, guilt. for sure. And hotels can handle that. And Gary Danko can handle that. Yeah, that's fair. And it's also a morale killer. If, if you're open that day, you better be fucking slammed because if you're serving 30 people, your staff will look at you and be like, why are we here? That's fair. And no more terrible feeling than that. That right. and for the Oh, yeah. Fourth of July is trash, especially in Boston. What? America? Barbecue restaurant open. Yeah. Because we have a where I'm right near Fenway Park. So we keep the barbecue. So it's one of our busiest days. First week. Yeah, that makes sense. OK, I wasn't going to do this, but now I have to because this is releasing on Thanksgiving. Oh, <sighs> Regular stuffing, like plain, just fresh, or do you add things to it? What is plain? What do you mean? Do, well, like, are- I make the Bon Appetit quote simple as best, which is like I get my bread from either like La Brea Bakery or Tartine, <laughs> sage, celery, onions, onions, stock, butter. Got it. I'm a bit of a purist with um, with stuffing, so I don't. Okay, with dressing. 
I think if you're, I think everyone should make the simple one correct as a base. And if you want to add, if you want to do like cornbread, oyster dressing, whatever, everyone wants to do what their mother did as the base and then what you're used to. And then whatever you do, that's an addition, whether it's chestnut stuffing or whatever the hell you want to do, that should be an additional side and not in the category of stuff. Does that make sense? I agree. Um, Taylor Strecker, who you should go on the Taylor Strecker show. I can make that happen. You would love yep. her. Um, I just actually, before you and I recorded, I was on her weekly show and we got into, not, I wouldn't even call it a fight. I would call it, we disagree on many things. Yeah. And she lives by a stovetop Stouffer's powder stuffing. And I said, that is un-American. And like out of the box? Correct. And she said that it would take, quote, my stuffing for like any day. Sorry, Taylor. No. Okay. Thank you. That's a no. All right. But I think if you want to do stovetop, do it like there's 364 other days out of the year you can make stovetop out of the box. No problem. This is like the one day, like, I can do it. Just make it. I make agree. it. Yeah. Mashed potatoes or some sort of potato situation that's not just mashed potatoes. Yeah. There's no potatoes. Again, for me, it's stuffing, mashed potatoes, broccoli cheese casserole, always. Um, yeah. It's like my mom's, bro- I grew up with it. Yeah. Um, I also do this creamed onion thing that's not traditional, but traditional stuff, mashed potatoes, turkey, stuffing, broccoli cheese casserole, mac and cheese. Everything else is up for like, then you bring, you know, Uncle Joe's, whoever, whatever stuff that you want to bring in or put chestnuts and stuff or fuck things up however you want to fuck it up after that, no problem. And we can talk about, we can have little spoonfuls of it and enjoy some other things. But but I think that I'm a traditionalist around like like basic stuff that I want. Yeah, me too. Do you believe in appetizers? Are they necessary that day? I enjoy them because I think you want people to have something when they come over, especially if you're hosting. And it also buys you a little extra time in the kitchen just in case everything isn't like perfectly ready on the way out. But you don't have to go nuts. Like for me, like crudite is fine. Or, you know, like little black all like get it, get a charcuterie. Like go have someone else do that for you. Go to like Jones on Third and like get to have it go buy that, right? Very you don't expensive, have to- Jones on Third. Those well, charcuterie platters are very expensive. Go get a block of Velveeta and some crackers. I don't care. But I'm saying okay. like, you don't, when people do too much on Thanksgiving, I think that's when people get really overwhelmed or it's like, I just agree. Let, or let your guests bring things like they want to be helpful. I know I'm, I have a really hard time relinquishing control because Same. when I do that, um, they all make mistakes and they fuck it up and they bring some over some trash that I'm like, guys, this is what a waste, what a waste of time. The conversation that we're having is very much the hospitable. This is what I think the world should do conversation. It's not what, like I don't host Thanksgiving because I would be, I did it a few years like a long time ago for a couple of years um, with my ex-wife's family. And I, it was just not my favorite thing. I mean, I'm a sociopath uh, when it comes to this. And then finally, dessert. Are you like purist chocolate pecan bourbon pie plus a pecan or a pe- uh, pumpkin, apple? Like, do you get funky there? What do you think? What is your vibe? Purist, I think with all of it, there's just, it is this one day out of the year that I want these very specific things. And I, that's not to say like, don't bring other stuff. But I think again, the, the, for me, the base things need to happen, ready? Where it's like the things that we talked about, pumpkin pie, one other kind of fruit pie or whatever, or like a pecan, bourbon, chocolate thing, whatever, that's fine. The base has to happen. And then everything else that's brought in that has like international influence, dope, I'm here for that. Or if people come over and want to bring something great, that's awesome, incredible, love that. But I, I need the basics covered first. And then whatever else happens on top of that happens. But yeah, for me, I think about 
what I grew up with. I want, I need to like check those boxes or else I'm not happy. Yeah. But what about Christmas dinner? Even though now I'm like never going to let you go. Cause a couple years ago I went hard in the paint and I did duck two ways. Whoa. For Christmas? Crushed it out of the park, Tiffany. How- I'm telling you, I, it was like my wife, cause we had not, we were in the pandemic. My friend Maureen, she was in our pod and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to like go for gold. I, I didn't yeah. know what else to do. So I did duck confit, seared duck breast with the crispy skin. Oh, I really went for it. I did this like soy sauce, cherry glaze situation, yeah, uh, it- parsnip, carrot, mash. Shut up. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, for New know. Year's, I did a whole seafood tower, dude. Oh, my God. And a baked pot- Allison Roman baked potato bar and a f- hot fudge sundae bar. Shut up. Okay. Come I'm over. With- Come over. For sure. Actually, I never want to cook for you. I would be terrified. I would. No, I, no, no. Well, actually, unless you get me booked on Chopped, which maybe at this point I would shit the bed as an amateur cook. And if you need, if if uh, Alex Gornicelli somehow shits the bed and doesn't show up for work one day, I will take <laughs> a red eye. Yes, yes, we'll let you know. No, I think that's that, that's un like doing that level of stuff. Like people don't really do that. That I mean, some people really aim for it, but. I think it's rare, like a seafood tower, duck two ways. That's it. Yeah, I was pretty. I really I will say I it was I was impressed with myself, but I had the time, you know. Um, But for Christmas dinner, I think all bets are off. I think that becomes a time to really like mess around. Thanksgiving is very traditional, traditional for me. Um, My family's Christmas Eve is uh, uh, seafood cipino. It's always like Dungeons Crab cipino. Yeah, I'll be right over. I'm from the Bay. I'm from San Francisco. Are you kidding me? Like Francisco. I grew up in, well, like off Green Street. And then we moved to Marin. My whole wedding, my wedding food is your dream. Would you like to hear? I had 75 people. I had Swan's Oyster Depot because my great uncle was an investor in Swan's. So I had a 20 foot cracked Dungeness crab legs, prawns, (laughs) oyster bar shucked to order. Uh, what else did we have? Oh, I think we had little ahi tuna past. I had little mini cheeseburgers past. My aunt roasted a, a whole roast beef. I had honey baked ham. We oh made God. biscuits just li- so you could make little sandwiches, horseradish sauce, like whatever. What else did we have? Holy I think shit. like that's it. We like were so waspy old school. I had a no, huge chocolate cake. Didn't give a fuck. Got it from the Richmond. Was like, whatever. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah. And that was it. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, and a Caesar salad. Duh. And a Caesar. Where did you guys get married? Marin in Belvedere at my aunt's house. 75 okay. people listened to rap music the whole time. It was great. Fuck. Love it. That's we were like, what? Everyone's yeah. like, where are you getting it catered from? I'm like, my family. <laughs> family. We'll do this shit ourselves. But yeah, yeah no, Dungeness Crab for life, Chipino. That's a strong, life. strong, strong Christmas Eve. I almost want to do that. Do it. it. And it's also like fairly easy because you can kind of make the tomato sauce ahead of time. You just drop the crab in, let it go. We're literally like newspapers out, big bowls. Yes. Yeah, pasta and rice. Yeah, it's dope. Um, I grew up in Santa Rosa. Well, not the whole time, but. What? I know. I thought you yeah. were from Boston. Mm-mm. I moved here like, well, I've, on and off, but I've been here on and off for 20 years but yeah girl the weird rave i went to in ropo oh Rona parking am lot. i really taking it back for you i cannot believe that you're from northern marin i'm dying i i how Crazy. that just came together 
is beyond. Yeah. Yeah. I got a I got a speeding ticket in Santa Rosa and uh, didn't show up for court. And then I had to go that Marin County, you know, jail, that beautiful Frank Lloyd Wright building. Hold. uh, I had to go back. I got a ticket for drinking a beer in a park when I was like 19. Oh, boy. I bounced the check to like pay my fine. And then I ended up working at a casino in New Orleans and my, and I worked at casinos before, but my F&B director called and was like, get out. I need to talk to you right now. Get out of your office. Come outside. And I was like, what's going on? I came down and he was like, you have, we're processing your paperwork because I was working as a consultant. And then they brought me on full time. He's like, you have a warrant for your arrest in um, Santa Rosa, California. Do you know why? It was 10 years later. I had to fly back to Santa Rosa to like that weekend. And I think Monday was like a holiday. So I had to like fly back on a Thursday or I don't even know. I was sweating it. I had to go sit in front of a judge and get my shit cleared. Yeah. And they were like throwing people in jail, like left, right and center for like really At that beautiful Marin County jail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, we are twin flames because another speeding ticket that I got, I did know that I got it. Moved to Europe for like a gig for whatever for school. Moved to Los Angeles. Uh, leased a car, went to get insurance, and they're like, you have like a straight up bench warrant. And I was like, what? And I had to (laughs) fly on Southwest from Burbank to Oakland, have my homie pick me up, take me to 850 in San Francisco, which let me tell you is not that beautiful Frank Lloyd Wright jail in Marin. And they're like, you you owe us $3,000. And I straight up looked at this judge and I'm like, I have 700 and like, $60 $60 to my name. You that's it. That's like what you can have. And the, they like <laughs> Yeah, they did. They just took it. He actually only took 700 bucks and he just like let me go. And then my it was literally later. was like give me like write the check. Don't let me ever see you back here and don't bounce that damn check. You're like, <sighs> "Let me just go back to New Orleans and work in a casino." Whoa, I'm dead. Okay, Marin forever. Come see me in LA. And yeah. um I hope to see you uh in the chopped kitchen. I will be there um, shortly. It will be, um, I think we'll come back. I don't know when the next season comes back. I think it's probably February-ish is when it'll air. So you'll see us then. And then probably around February, March, Tournament of Champions 4 will start airing as well. So She's busy lady. Busy lady. So are you. You've got a lot going on. Congratulations. Thanks, Tiffany. I'm in love with you. This was a long time coming. I gotcha. I could have talked to Tiffany for 500 hours. In fact... We did speak for like an hour and 35 minutes plus, but I took out some things that will only be sacred and secret between the two of us. Um, I can't believe she's from Northern Marin. That's why I love doing this show. And I love talking to people because you find out so many interesting, fun things. It's not easy to have that many restaurants in Boston. I'm like in complete awe of her, if I'm being honest. And I love her take on the attrition with female chefs. It's a fucking hard business. There's a lot of respect, I think, but the pay is shitty. It's awful on your body. (sighs) It's tough, but I loved her honesty and I love her. She didn't really confirm or deny if she's single or not. I tried. I tried to get that out of her, but I don't know. Maybe hopefully when we meet up in LA for drinks at some point, I'll find out. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you guys are having fun. I hope you're making something delicious or eating something delicious. And if you have to do the obligatory like family tour, I'm sending you light love and wine. 